Hi friends, welcome to Coffee with Caregivers. I'm your host, Jess Ronnie, also known as Jess Plus The Mess. I'm an author, speaker, and founder of The Lucas Project, a nonprofit dedicated to bringing recognition, resources, and respite to special needs families. I created Coffee with Caregivers as a space to bring awareness to the struggles that families often face, including difficulties related to finances, mental health, and everything else in between. It is my belief that stories can change the world, and through conversations with caregivers, I hope to provide awareness which will lead to compassion and resources. Thanks for joining me today, but first a word from our sponsors. Stephanie, welcome to Coffee with Caregivers. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Jess. Of course, I'm excited to get to know you better. Um, we recently were introduced via a fundraiser that I'm doing with One Hope Wine uh, for the Lucas Project, and that's coming up next week. And I'm just really eager to see how this goes. Uh, one, I love the nonprofit world, and two, I love wine. So I feel like it could be a fantastic relationship long-term. And as we begin here, can you just kind of give us a quick overview of who you are and what you do and who you care for? Sure, absolutely. So I am, of course, a wife. Um, I'm a mom of four kids. Um, I have a 10-year-old. I have twins that are eight, and I have a baby that is 15 months. Um, we live in Pennsylvania. We have been up here for about seven years now. We moved up here from New Jersey. So I live with my husband, my four kids, and all of our fur babies. Uh, animals are the best therapy, so uh, we're thankful to have them. And I am currently caring for um, my three older children. Um, they have a PANS diagnosis. Can you explain what that is a little bit for anybody who doesn't, who's never heard that term before? Yeah, sure. So I feel like if I kind of take you guys on my journey back a couple of years, that might be helpful to kind of understand our life at the time and kind of our journey with, with this medical journey that we've been on um, for, gosh, it's been over five years now. January marked five years. So in January, five years ago, my son, my older one, was almost five. Uh, at the time, I was commuting to run my gymnastics program, and I was also running our family business from home. That was challenging with three young kids to begin with, and um, they were all in preschool at the time. So uh, Tristan was actually in his second year, with, and he had an abrupt onset of symptoms, literally overnight, um, mid-January, I can... I can pinpoint the day something changed. And when I talk symptoms, you know, OCD, tics, anxiety, brain fog, the list goes on. I actually, for this, pulled, you know, kind of my notes from, from that time five years ago um, that, I, that I was bringing to doctor's appointments at the time, you know, just having something in front of me to be able to say, hey, this is what's going on. So some of the highlights of the notes were, you know, developmental regression, OCD tendencies, tics, anxiety, uh, not wanting to go to school, which was weird because he loves school, uh, separation anxiety, 
big one with Tristan was regression with potty training. He had been potty trained since he was two and a half. And at almost five years old, he all of a sudden um, was pooping his pants again. Like what, so, do, uh, what do they attribute this to? Like, it sounds like it was literally like normal, typical one day. And then the next day, this total change. So it took, it took time. We were seeing doctors every week. Um, I was going to the pediatrician. Um, he was referring us out. I was hitting brick walls um, for months, honestly, uh, until we saw specialist after specialist until we found someone that understood that what we were dealing with. Um, pandas or pans is, uh, well, pandas is kind of a subset of pans. Pandas is strep induced. So pandas occurs when strep triggers a misdirected immune response and results in inflammation in a child's brain. Um, in turn, the, the child quickly begins to exhibit life-changing symptoms such as OCD, anxiety, tics, personality changes, decline in math, um, handwriting abilities, sensory sensitivities, um, restrictive eatings, and more. And that um, is quoted directly from the Pandas Network uh, website. So if anyone's interested, pandosnetwork.org has a lot of information and resources there. Um, and, and PANS, Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome, is when an infectious trigger or envi environmental factors and other possible triggers create a misdirected immune response that results in inflammation on a child's brain. PANS basically can be triggered by seasonal allergies, by mold, by any infection that can give a child a fever, um, can set off that immune response. It, it's a misfire in the immune system where the infection or trigger affects the basal ganglia area of the brain. These kids typically have a suppressed immune system. It's like an immune system overload where finally one thing pushes it over the top. Um, and that initial, like, I'm sorry, can it be like environmental no. toxins or it could be, okay. yeah, it could be. And is it a so, spectrum kind of like autism or is it like one and done? Like this is what it is. This is what it looks like. Um, no, uh, it's not one and done. In fact, you know, from one child to another, even inside my own home, my kids present very differently. Okay. Um, my older one is definitely, um, more severe when it comes to symptoms. Um, and when he is flaring, it is much more difficult to kind of lead our normal daily life and routine. Uh, whereas with my younger ones, um, even right now, my younger son has facial tics and things like that going on, but nothing that's like substantial that's, you know, not allowing him to go through school and things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, they were much more mild, my younger two, and, and the onset was much more gradual. Um, and I would say to a normal eye, as I was starting to notice things, it wouldn't be such a big deal, but I kind of had my eye on them because I knew there's a genetic component to this too. It's not everything, but there is a genetic component to it. So I knew that there was a, a percentage of a chance that they would also be affected. So I kind of did things in a way as we made changes. It was a, as a family. Okay, we made a diet change. Guess what? We're all doing it together. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
So I'm not sure if that had anything to do with them kind of being a little bit milder in the long run. Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but, I saw your, um, your face yesterday or your post yesterday on Facebook about your gluten-free pizza and you still haven't figured out the, the cheese part the, of it. And yes. we've, we've gone through the, the same exact scenario. Like I can handle the gluten-free crust, but I cannot find a cheese <laughs> that is not real cheese that I can yes. stomach. I mean, somebody needs to come up with a product here. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm Italian. So the cheese part of this oh, is really difficult. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I can imagine. I know they suggested goat cheese and, um, it's my kids are same. not, not loving the <laughs> goat not cheese. The same. <laughs> I know we, um, reduced sugar. Not that my kids ever really had a whole lot of sugar. Um, my kids don't know what fast food is. <laughs> um, we have been buying meats from local farmers for, I haven't bought meat in a grocery store in over four years. That probably sounds crazy, but, um, you know, local farmers who are getting uh, the grain for the animals from mm -hmm. the mill, you know, they're not injecting them with anything to bulk up. Like I know right. the animals are healthy. Like I went as far as that to um, try to make sure I knew what they were consuming um, oh yeah, but we recently we butcher our own chicken. So we're right there with you. Like I like to yep. in my food. Have you seen a difference in behaviors as you implement these changes in their diet? I do think diet plays a huge part in where they're at now for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. Um, I do think it really does help. Um, for me, the gluten decision was one that I was thinking about for a long time, but I didn't want to pull the trigger myself. You know, uh, as a mom, you know, the thought of not being able to have the kids attend a birthday party and be able to eat the pizza was like, ugh, you know, they're kids, you know? Um, but we had a recent test done, um, a gut and wheat zoomer that proved the inflammation um, and had to pull the trigger with the gluten, the wheat, the corn, all of that stuff. Um, so that has been a more recent part of our diet journey. Um, we're doing good with it. We are, the kids are doing really well with it. The cheese is the downfall. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but we are doing better with that. It's been challenging, but, um, we're finding that there are products out there that we can have and man, the fresh produce is expensive, but we're doing it. Um, yep. They eat a lot of it and, and they've been that way always. Like their idea of a snack is um, an apple with some peanut butter. So mm -hmm. we, do um, the same. we have a big yeah. garden and it's a lot of work, but it's worth it too. Like if you feel like you're making a difference in your child's life and in your family's life and I think a lot of these things have been brought on like by the environmental toxins in our foods. And it's at least allowing you, the mom, to take back a little bit of control over your situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do believe that there's a lot out there environmentally. Um, you know, I had this conversation with the diet specialist that we were working with and she was like, everything organic. And I was like, I just don't believe that everything that's labeled organic truly is oh me you know I, mm -hmm. I I and but she was like then we went back and forth for a little bit and she was like I I understand what you're saying but 
what's in the organic section is definitely still going to be better than what's in the regular section. And right. I get that. Um, so it's the, the challenge of <laughs> getting all the fresh produce home and then, okay, now how fast can we eat it before it goes oh, bad? Oh, we have the same thing. <laughs> but with chickens, you know, if something goes bad, you can just throw it to the chickens. Yes, um, yes. So moving along a little bit, you've, you've commented on how, you know, the dietary aspect has definitely affected your life. How else does PANS play into your and your children's daily lives? What does that look like? Oh, what does in it look like now? <laughs> yeah, in, in, the, in this past year, I mean, it's definitely looked a bit different since the pandemic. Um, all three of my kids are attending a cyber school program right now. Um, they have 504 plans. So in a normal setting, they need extra help. Um, I, I do have to give credit to the school, though. They've been giving the kids so much support, um, small group help and things like that for them to really try to grasp the material. Um, but it, that's become more of a full-time job for me. Uh, I feel mm -hmm. like I take from like seven to three every school day to try to help them with their independent work in between their live lessons. So um, cyber school has not been something that we've done until this past school year. Um, gosh, antibiotics, supplements, diet, um, you know, the supplement routine is kind of something that has to be given throughout the day. So that's something that's an ongoing thing. Um, Can you explain that? Is it to like boost their immune systems? Is that the goal of the supplements? Yes, it is to boost their immune systems. Um, we had a wheat and gut zoomer test that, that I mentioned before that was done um, through Vibrant America. And as we were working with them there, you know, there were things that popped up in that 50 page <laughs> report um, and, and some recommendations, you know, to help. So um, those were some recent recommendations that we're doing. Um, of course, longer term antibiotics is the way that we kind of combat those triggers or viruses. Um, so just to give you an idea, we got retested um, Tristan had a really steep decline uh, in March, so a year ago, uh, when all of this happened, and um, I was trying to get him back to uh, specialists that we had been using, but they are they are few and far in between, and insurance doesn't cover uh, the appointments. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, they a lot of the top doctors they don't they don't even take insurance. So uh, it was a how do we get him back to this doctor? Um, and how do we move forward to do something about this? Because it, I don't know if it was pandemic related or not, or the change in the, in the daily routine, but, uh, he started pooping his pants again. Um, he started picking at uh, every single bug bite or scab or anything that was on his arms. He was picking at until he was bleeding, um, sucking on his fingers until he had blisters. I was very concerned of a staph infection at the time. Okay. Um, you know, I was like, my gosh, now everything's shut down because of COVID and here we are, and this is what's happening. And can I ask, uh, what, is, what is that picking about? Is that like a self-soothing mechanism or, or don't you, isn't there an answer for that? Um, you know, I am not really sure. Um, okay. 
he, he tested positive for strep, mycoplasma, and Coxsackie. Okay, um, you know, just when, when we got him back and we did retest, all three of my kids um, tested positive for strep, Coxsackie, mycoplasma, and, you know, by the time we did get the blood work done, we hadn't been out of the house in a couple of months, you know, so he was like, wow, these are really impressive labs for not going anywhere. Um, so part of the flare, part of the reaction and just tendency to pick fully, you know, we've come out of that. So back to what I was saying, the antibiotics is normally needed for a longer period of time with these kids to treat the infections. And that's like the first protocol of treatment with pandas or pans is um, an antibiotic depending on what the infection is. Okay. So, um, so that's part of our routine with the Does supplements that, and the diet. Okay. Does that worry you at all? Like long-term antibiotic use? It does. Uh, but at the same time, long-term inflammation in the brain worries me more. Okay. So it's the lesser yeah. of the two evils. Yeah. That's what special needs parents are always weighing. Like we just put yep. my Luke on medication this past year because I held out for so long, just basically due to the side effects. And I was scared, you know, what that would look like. And it, it got to the point where during the pandemic, the screaming and the aggression and was just so out of control. And finally I, I called this doctor and said, it's either him or me, but one of us needs something. And it's been yeah. a game changer. Like it stopped the chaos in his brain. And oh, thankfully we haven't seen any side effects yet. Now I don't know about long-term side effects, but it is sort of the lesser of the two evils. You know, we can't live with this, you know, constant state of aggression and screaming. He's happier. Right. But yet right. I know like long-term antipsychotic meds for my child can't be a good thing like for his body right. either. So I'm not sure right. how that all plays out. We're actually moving um, next Friday to Michigan where marijuana oh, wow. is legal. <laughs> and I, okay. think, I think we will look into some other options and just see, you know, if maybe they offer the same benefits and maybe fewer side effects, um, right. then, then we're open to considering that route. Yep. I definitely would be also. I know we, we had some flares where, you know, his brain just wouldn't turn off and he couldn't go to sleep, couldn't go to sleep. He was so like hyperactive that he could not turn off. Um, and CBD oil definitely helped at bedtime. You know, I was going to say, needed <laughs> have you tried yep. CBD? That's been a game changer for us. Yes. Um, that, that's been super, super helpful. Um, Same here. Love it. Yeah. I take it myself every single night. Um, I've had, I've suffered through like insomnia for years and finally stumbled on CBD and I take a pretty high dose, but it has been a game changer. I sleep really well now. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of great medical reports on it. So, you know, I feel like anything that can't hurt my child that might possibly help them, I'm willing to try, <laughs> you know? It can't um, hurt. Right. I agree. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So I, the other thing, car rides are also difficult. Any amount of time, um, any amount of time in the car is difficult. I don't know why it's just always been, even when we were going to school, even the quick drive to school, those, those rides were hard. I know you were asking about daily life. So as simple as a car ride can be difficult for us when he's flaring. Um, what does that mean flaring? 
Um, flaring is when basically he's having these symptoms. So we are in kind of a better place right now um, because he's been on antibiotics and, um, you know, he hasn't had contact with like, I guess, a new infection, I would call it, right? Uh, when he has contact with something that affects him and puts them into what we call a flare, that's when all these symptoms kind of resurface or resurface in a different way. Five years ago, when he initially flared, the, the picking and the, the biting he was doing back last year was not part of that whole round of, oh my goodness, when this all first started. Um, he had other things that went on with his OCD and different ticks that kind of came and went. And as, as one symptom kind of left, another one took its place while, it, while he was flaring. But um, like I said, every one of my kids presents different when there's mm -hmm. something affecting them at that time. Um, so it's really difficult, I guess, even for doctors to kind of narrow down, okay, well, they have you know, this many of the things on the list. So let's, let's talk to the parents and see. Um, and it's more of a clinical diagnosis, honestly, um, and just tracking and kind of seeing what's going on with the child. Um, we dig into labs every three months now um, okay. to kind of see, okay, so we, we went on a round of antibiotics. Great, okay, so where are our strep levels at now, you know? Um, how does the immune system look? Uh, we're kind of looking at their IgG levels too. Uh, that was something we were tracking with Tristan for a while um, because we haven't gone this route yet, but should we need to, um, IVIG is um, a, another kind of more invasive treatment if it's necessary, if his immune system is not doing what it's supposed to do and his numbers kind of get below where they should be to more of a dangerous number. Um, that is another option. Again, m most of the time the insurance doesn't cover these treatments, so it could cost 10000 15000 out of pocket. It's a blood product. Um, so, yeah, it, it can add up quickly. And our story is, it's our story, but compared to other people in, in the pandas and pans community, um, I'm, I'm thankful every day for where we are because, um, you know, there are parents out there putting a second mortgage on their house to keep their child okay, you know, to get these treatments, um, whether it's IVIG or plasmapheresis, um, you know, so. Oh, yeah, and I don't we're think swimming. Of, yeah, a lot of people don't understand that part of special needs, you know, they just think it's the physical and mental exhaustion, but it's also financially exhausting because like you said, a lot of these treatments and supplements insurance doesn't cover and even like we spend a small fortune just in cbd every month i yep. mean for the good quality cbd and like hundreds of dollars and people yep. don't take that into account like you will try and do anything for your child for sure but it's enormously <laughs> expensive it's a for lot. a lot of these things yeah and that's another emotional strain on your family, on your marriage, on your relationships. It's just one more thing that shouldn't have to be a problem. Right. Right. Um, you know, the other thing is that it's, it's not widely accepted 
by doctors. You know, I, I've talked to doctors that don't even know what PANDAS is. So it's not something that's widely um, accepted, diagnosed. Um, they say it's at least one in 200 kids. So it's not rare. It's just mm -hmm. rarely diagnosed. And I think that a lot of the times um, kids are being treated for symptoms and it's not, they're not digging any deeper than that. Uh, there were plenty of situations where we were asked, you know, okay, do you want to treat the ticks today? And I was kind of like, just the ticks? What about everything else? Right. <laughs> what are we doing? You know, um, so there is no universally effective treatment that's out there across the board for all doctors mm -hmm. um, at this time. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as as this gets out, and I appreciate you having me so much because I feel like if our story can help even just one family that may think, oh, you know, maybe this is it and get to resources faster than us speaking about our journey is worth it. You know, um, there's the lack of insurance coverage for this. Um, you know, there are in some cases, the spoken and unspoken accusations that parents are somehow responsible. <laughs> you know, um, there's all kinds of misconceptions, you know. Um, and I, I took this from uh, neuroimmune.org, but um, they had a post that PANS is not uh, caused by permissive parenting, something a child can control. Um, due to a shortcoming of the child or family, fixed by discipline, remedied by trying harder, uh, a disorder that discriminates, always simple to treat, limited to children, exclusively caused by strep. Now, PANDAS is what's strictly caused by strep and no other triggers, and that's kind of a, a subset of PANS. Um, and it's not diagnosed by labs alone, so... Um, you know, yeah, we get a lot of one in 200 kids is a lot. <laughs> it is. And we get a lot of the same, you know, misconceptions and preconceived ideas about autism and people, you know, thinking because they met one person with autism or they, they watched Rain Man that, you know, they know how to approach my son who has severe autism and yeah. it's a very different story. Um, but yeah, it does sound like it's just a lot of the same ideas and thought processes and you just kind of nod your head and go mm -hmm, okay <laughs> but yeah this yeah. is what this forum's all about is raising awareness and explaining to people what our lives look like and just transitioning a little bit i'm a huge believer in self-care so i want to talk about you as the caregiver a little bit are you able okay. to incorporate self-care into your life at all like with a glass of wine or what does that look like for you <laughs> oh goodness the wine definitely helps <laughs> it sure does um, uh, I I'm actually involved um, in a women's masterminding group for entrepreneurs um, a group of like-minded like-minded women um, and this is something that gets spoken about often I'll be honest um, before I was being held accountable for it, I was not doing such a great job. Um, the ladies that are on there, uh, they do a great job reminding me how important it is um, because naturally, like any parent, I do for my kids first, you know? Um, 
So it's not, it's not easy, but as simple as getting onto that call and having that time on there with them once a week is a moment to myself, you know, um, and having good conversation there. Um, but I do try to fit in other things like making sure I'm drinking enough during the day, you know, as simple as that. I know that mm -hmm. might sound crazy to some people, but making sure I'm drinking enough water during the day, you know, no, it's um, taking care of you. And yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. I struggle with that too, but it's prioritizing yourself. Right. Um, and I know this also might sound silly, but even taking better care of my hair um, with every child I had, <laughs> I've lost more and more hair and, um, you know, taking better care of my hair and occasionally buying like the hair product that I need, like just to make myself feel a little bit better as I get ready that day. Mm -hmm. um, I also like to listen to music and audio books, um, especially when I'm doing things like folding laundry. That's a never ending process with children. <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yep>. um, <laughs> but that moment to, to breathe by yourself is so important. Um, because you do get wrapped up in the family and it, it's hard to break away and have that time to breathe. So definitely super important. Do you see a need for improvement for caregivers overall anywhere? You think like either caregivers could be doing a better job of something or people could step up and surround caregivers and support them in a better way in some capacity? Um, I think that this whole experience can be really isolating um, just always be kind, um, lend an ear for a fellow mom who may not be in such a good place. Um, we're all in this together, you know, and we need to do better for ourselves and our children. And, um, we can do that better if we support each other. So I, I really feel like just just be kind. <laughs> you don't know anybody's situation, you know, if you're not living it. I agree. And there's so much ranty anger online, especially these days. And I think it's so hard for us to even be kind to ourselves after the year we've had collectively yeah. as human beings. But yes, take a moment and just, if you don't agree with something that you see or whatever, just let it go. Scroll on by. <laughs> you know, right. We don't need any more hatred or anger in this world right now. Yes. No, I totally agree with that. It's so totally true. agree. And as caregivers, we're, we are like drowning most days. So just give us grace. We're swimming. Yep. And, and a lot <laughs> of times we're, we're just swimming and right. hoping we hit shore soon. Yes, yes. absolutely. Um, definitely understand the drowning feeling. It, it can get overwhelming at times. Yep. All right. So talk to us a little bit about One Hope. I want my listeners to know more about this company and what it does and maybe even consider it, you know, for themselves in the future if they need to raise a little money for a special cause. Absolutely. Um, I found One Hope uh, in April of last year. So I'm approaching my one year anniversary now. Um, so thankful that this company came into my life at a time when the world was crazy and I really needed something positive uh, to focus on. Um, but One Hope is a charity-based wine company out of Napa Valley. 
Uh, we have some incredible winemakers. So if you love wine, you've probably heard of the Mondavi name. Um, Robert Mondavi Jr. is actually one of our winemakers. Mm. We also have, yeah, um, Mari Wells Coyle, who came over um, from Sterling Vineyards because she really believed in the mission of One Hope. So when I say charity-based, here's what I mean. We have four main pillars of giving, clean water, hunger, health and education. Um, and as a cause entrepreneur, I have this incredible platform where I can give back even more to any school, church, or registered 501c3 nonprofit. Um, Napa Valley Wine, award-winning, right to your door, and every bottle gives back through these fundraising events, um, double donation with each bottle. So, um, you know, it's really cool that we get to fundraise for our charities of choice. Um, I personally love pouring into the special needs community. Um, I love what you're doing with the Lucas Foundation, um, the Lucas Project. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time trying to fundraise and raise awareness for pandas and pans over this past year. And like I mentioned earlier, when we started, we, we love animals here. So I also really love fundraising for uh, local rescues and sanctuaries too. Um, so those are kind of the tidbits there, but um, I'm really excited for your event. Me and too. I'm hoping that we make a big impact for you and the projects that you're working on. Well, this has been fun. I like to wrap up every conversation with three questions. The first okay. one is, how has being a caregiver changed you? Oh, in so many ways. Um, but the, the things that used to be priority are so, so small now. Um, the health of my kids and those around me is so, so important. Um, you know, I, I kind of restructured my life around my kids. And, um, you know, that, that's been the most important. That's been priority for me. So we would definitely choose it again because you hear a lot of parents just moaning and groaning and I'm one of them about how horrible, how horrible it's been and our kids have been home and, but yeah, your perspective is so beautiful and it's even making me rethink my own perspective. Like we have gotten a lot closer as a family because we've spent so much time together yeah. and that's good and bad, but yes. it's all perspective and choosing to be thankful. You know, my family's healthy and we have gotten to spend a lot of time together. It's brought us closer. Right, right. I, have, I haven't gotten sure. a lot of work done. But <laughs> it sure brought us closer. I, I'm not going to say it's not challenging. There right. are plenty of challenges there, but um, but yeah, I just I, I try to come from a thankful and grateful place every single day um, because it could always be worse, right? Mm -hmm. exactly. So just thankful for where we are and where we're at, and that I had the ability to. Um, you know, make changes because I'm self-employed. So yeah, just thankful exactly. for that. Second question, how has someone stepped into your life and really helped you on your caregiving journey? And this can be recent or years ago or, or whatever comes to mind. Oh, and this is tough because uh, to be honest, um, you know, we've not really had a ton of support from people 
who were in our lives at the time when all of this happened. So that, that, Ooh, <laughs> you're not the first um, person to say that. <laughs> yeah. It's tough because, um, I, I was always very independent growing up. And so, um, you know, I, I went through a lot growing up as a kid and, and I was fine with that independence, you know, uh, but now coming from a perspective with my kids, I feel like there should be support there for them. Um, gosh, it's hard to pinpoint just one person, you know, because uh, there are very few people that are close to us and in our lives that are really supportive and game changers with us with this. Um, very few. And it would be hard to just pinpoint one. <laughs> so you've um, kind of but, been an island for a while, just doing it yourself. Yeah. Um, and just not a lot of understanding mm -hmm. from, you know, even family, which is, it's tough sometimes, you know, um, not having that conversation and, and then being able to understand what real life every day looks like over here, you know? So, so if somebody were listening to this and thinking to themselves, I know a family like that, what would, what would be helpful? What would you suggest like a meal or watching your kids for a few hours? So you and your husband could go on a date or like what? Oh would... my gosh, that would be like a vacation. Okay. <laughs> so that would breathe life into your situation. Oh my gosh. To have a break and to have someone, um, that can manage my house just even for an hour <laughs> of a break to breathe would be amazing. Um, it, it's challenging though. There's not a lot of people who would like to take on that task. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a, the same scenario. I mean, I have a 16 year old in diapers, like people aren't lining up to change his diaper, you know, if, if we go out, out on a date or something. So it's, yeah. But that's what, you know, we need to be honest about too. If it's that simple, I think there are people out there willing to set aside a couple of hours to help families like ours. But I think often they don't know like what we need or it just seems so overwhelming or like they don't understand that, gosh, an hour or two would be so life-changing for me. Like they don't yes. understand that it's that simple. Like that break just to breathe by mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Without having to just run into an empty room in your house and try to hide for a minute, you know, right. <laughs> um, but that break away to, to do something, even if it's for a drive for a cup of coffee, something, you know, it doesn't have to be long or anything glamorous, um, but just that break to breathe, breathe some fresh air. Um, yeah. And consistent breaks, like it's not kind of a one and done, like consistently show up for families and offer that, you know, once or twice a week break is huge that for families like would ours. would be amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So we pulled out an answer from you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Last but not least, how many cups of coffee are you drinking these days? Oh, <laughs> a lot. And like, you know, it's the balance between switching over from like, when is it time to switch from coffee to wine? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, um, enough, enough. <laughs> a couple cups a day enough. Yeah. Especially with the cyber school. Yeah. Um, 
that, that's our routine in the morning. I sit on the couch with a cup of coffee and it's like, okay, who's up first? Yeah. Let's go. Who's sitting with me and, and who's going to get ready for their next live with their teacher. So yeah, yeah. definitely lots of coffee. <laughs> do what you got to do. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I feel like this is a, a newfound friendship that I've discovered. And I just love making these relationships on this podcast. It's, it's like free therapy for me. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And I totally agree. I feel like us parents come together and meet each other for a reason. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. If you want to know more about The Lucas Project, find us at thelucasproject.org. If you want to know more about my story, head to justplusthemess.com, and while there, subscribe to my monthly newsletter, or maybe check out my memoir, Sunlight Burning at Midnight. In the meantime, please hit subscribe and maybe leave a quick review. These are so important in the podcast world as they help us gain traction and recognition which translates into helping more caregivers. And until our next conversation, let's do what we do best. Just keep living.